Welcome to Life is a Metaphor mini podcast, where we explore the many metaphors that life has to offer. All right, so at the river again, uh, if you hear a river in the background, I have a metaphor that's about conflict and relationships. Because, man, we need those all the time, don't we? It never ceases to amaze me how difficult conflict is for human beings to figure out. Even my own daughter, so I'm totally... I mean, and I'm not even saying I have it perfectly figured out, but I'm just saying when you're a parent and you think that you've like taught them the best and they're not going to have all the things that you had because you've done like such a great job and you've taught them all the things that you should have known when you were younger and then you sit there and watch them still <laughs> struggle with the same concepts um, and conflict. And then, you know, it makes me realize like, oh, okay, I think this might just be like a human thing because <laughs> I swear I think I taught her better and like said all the things, but at the same time, she's still struggling here. So anyway... Conflict is always a thing that we humans need more and more metaphors to understand um, or just more understanding around it. And I particularly like to use metaphors to understand because, uh, yeah, they just they seem so simple. They do it in such a way that works, works a lot for me. So this is about <laughs> car engines and um yeah, car engines. I don't really know a lot about car engines, so I'm going to just use really general kind of terms. But if a car and its parts in the engine are having a rub, right? Like a rub. They are not functioning well together. There is a problem. They're rubbing up against each other in a way that is making things grind to a halt because this actually did happen in my car. Something seized up because it was, you know, two things were not rubbing. It was a belt, whatever. We don't need to get into it. Um, but yeah, basically when there is a rub and things are grinding and it's not fluidly interacting. One part is not fluidly interacting with the other. And, you know, we call arguments or conflicts a rub because it's exactly that. We're grinding and conflicting, rubbing up against each other. Um, there is, you know, hitting and I don't mean hitting like physically beating each other or anything like that. I just mean that we are hitting up against each other. Um, in a way that is not smooth and creating conflict. We're maybe crossing each other's boundaries, you know, something. They're in our space in a way that doesn't work. We're in their space in a way that doesn't work. Whatever. It's two parts are grinding and hitting in a way that is not smooth flowing and they are not able to have functioning, like smooth functioning. When a car has two parts that are rubbing or grinding and not working together, you don't just pull them really far apart. <laughs> you don't just space those two parts out a lot and expect that to fix the problem. It might stop sparks from flying in the immediate if like the two metal pieces are rubbing against each other and sparks are flying and grinding is happening and the whole engine is getting like smashed or trashed, you know, with this horrible grinding. Um, yeah, okay. It might be a very temporary solution, like pull them apart for a second to examine it. Absolutely. Um, but 
pulling them apart does not solve the problem. Giving it space, pulling away from it, not talking about it. Because now I'm going back into the metaphor because, you know, this often happens with people thinking that, oh, there's a conflict. Let's pull away from it. Let's space out. Let me give you space. Let me give this conflict space. And let's just hope it freaking goes away, <laughs> you know, because that's usually what ends up happening. It's not just space or pulling the two pieces apart for the purposes of examining like you would do with an engine, but they're actually pulling them apart and just like hoping that when they come back to it, it'll have solved itself. And I think that we even have had experience like that, some of us, because we come back to it and the other person kind of wants to be done with it too. And we just are like, oh, great. It just figured itself out. Great. We don't have to talk about that. We don't have to figure it out. But it doesn't really work like that because just with the car engine too, it's like you could kind of pull those two parts uh, apart and then just when you put them back together, it's not grinding immediately, you know? Um, and so you're like, oh, great. It solved itself. Like, eh, chances are it did not. <laughs> They're going to start grinding soon. It's just, you know, you got to get it moving. Like, it happens, the grinding happens, the more movement that happens. And you just like screech everything to a halt and like, sure, maybe it's not grinding when you first start again, but like, oh, you can bet the grinding is gonna show back up again as soon as that movement really gets going. So what the heck, you know, the solution is definitely not to just pull the pieces of the engine apart and give them tons of space, plus, you know, it's not a uh, permanent solution because that's not how the car operates. That's not going to create the sparks and the ignition and all of the working things that actually make a car go. You know, that's not a, a functional engine. That's not interaction. They don't get to interact like that. So you're not ever going to get to that point where you can go. I mean, those two parts being pulled apart. And it's the same with relationships. I feel like, okay, yeah, you, you can do that. You can give yourself lots of space, but then what you're going to have is a relationship that's not going. It's not moving. It's not fluid. It's not igniting. It's not interacting. You know, that's not an igniting engine right there. Um, that's stalled out, you know? So if you want your relationship to go and flow and be moving and you want to be in an active, igniting, functional kind of relationship, well then, yeah, man, just pulling those two parts that are grinding away from each other is definitely not going to be a permanent fix. And doing that and just hoping that at least it prevents the grinding that's like really grating in your uh, ears, you know, you can't stand that screeching sound or whatever, you know, because you don't like the conflict, you don't like the discomfort of being in the moment of conflict with the other person. Yeah, okay, it, you know, it can do that. It can definitely make the metal shriek, like, stop in your ears, but it's not going to lead to a functional engine that is igniting and going, you know? So if you want your relationship to feel ignited and firing and going, um, this isn't going to work. <laughs> uh, it's just going to create a very stagnant, stalled out sort of relationship. You know, those two parts might be in the same, under the same hood, <laughs> under the same roof, you know, um, but they're not going to be firing and interacting and like functioning as a team, as an engine, the way that they should, uh, or the way that would feel like an ignited, firing, going, kind of rolling uh, engine or relationship. 
And then the other thing that you wouldn't do with car engine parts that we're grinding or having a rub that we do also, like for some reason, instinctively do uh, in relationships though, is you wouldn't slam those two parts into each other <laughs> until one of them won, you know? You wouldn't like beat the other part or, you know, slam into the other until one of you or one of the parts of the engine came out on top or overtook the other, uh, proved itself more important than the other. Like, that's just, you would never do that. It's like, this is the kind of thing where metaphors to me make so much sense because it's like, yeah, that, that's stupid. Like, that seems so stupid. But we do it. We do it in real life and the metaphor applies. It's like fairly stupid that we do it in conflict and relationships where we think that if we just sort of slam into the other person and this rub that we're having, we just like conflict even more, push harder, you know, uh, grind into them further or just like assert our position over and over and over and sort of combat them like it's do or die or like it's, you know, uh, one is going to only be the one standing, you know, there, there's, there's some sort of, someone's got to come out on the winning end of this that's stupid <laughs> like but we do it you know where it's slam into the other part until one comes out as more valuable or more legit or more validated the one that's left standing uh, if we did that with car parts and we slammed these two pieces into each other to get the grinding to stop until one of them came out as more important than the other or until there was only one standing well, freaking fabulous. Now we have really broken the engine. Like we can't make it work without both parts. There's no firing, igniting engine that rolls and goes. There is no relationship. There is no firing, igniting, alive, going and flowing relationship. There is no alive relationship that's going to feel good and that's going to feel like it's taking you somewhere. If both parts aren't working together if both parts aren't fully in their own importance in their own integrity like not all beat up and you know slammed into uh, you know but like yeah they're both there they're both equally valid they're both um fine and they're not worried about the other one slamming into them and trying to overtake them uh, because that's not how these pieces work together. They fit together and do jobs to create this great smooth teamwork of firing together in this igniting going engine of a relationship. And so, yeah, no, I did, it's not gonna work to just slam these parts together to assert one's dominance or to have one show up as the most valid part or the most important part. There is no one most important part in the sense that it won't operate without the other, really. Uh, at least the engine won't. I mean, that might be a great gear on its own. Absolutely. And you might slam into that other part until it's out of the engine and totally, you know, smashed to bits. Great. Well, then you've got this one gear left standing, but it can't do the work of the engine alone. It could do something else maybe, but you know, now you're not in that functional sort of igniting 
feeling alive kind of relationship. So anyway, just like, why do we do that? Why do we do that? But we do. It's so instinctive to just sort of assert your position or assert yourself or to think that you've got to slam into the other emotionally um, and prove that your point is more right, prove that you were the one that knew what was going on here and they did not, you know, and get them to fold or get them to back down, get them to be invalidated, get them to not be the last one standing, get them to be less um, whatever, valid or important and have your position recognized, have your position be the important one. I get where it comes from. I mean, of course, we all want our position recognized. It's part of the examination process, even with this whole engine parts thing, right? We got to look at the engine, examine both parts, have their full worth recognized, right? Well, this is what this gear does, and this is what this thing does, and you have to be fully recognized. That's really important. Um, So that want to be recognized as valid and to have someone see your position and see what you do and your role and your importance and your side of things or your angle. Absolutely. That is 100% needed to know how we repair this. So I get where it comes from, but for whatever reason, we think that it's like at the expense of the other and we just like slam into the other or that only one of us can emerge as someone with a valid point or not just a point, but you know, one person is the one that should be sorry and change everything. And the other person is the one that gets to kind of left, be left standing. Like, yes, see, you had a And I know that even if people are not thinking of arguments as simplistically as that, there is still always a tinge of that deep in us. You know, there's still always this, you know, like, oh, but if I let their point be valid, if I let their um, gear be as amazing as mine, if their perspective and their function and their role in this relationship is just as important as mine, will it diminish me? (laughs) No, but we just have a difficult time really getting that. Um, So anyway, but, so in this metaphor, What is needed? What would we do with this gear that is grinding or these two parts in the engine that are grinding and having a rub? Well, we would repair them. (laughs) Repair! That's what we would do. We don't slam them into each other until one emerges as more important and handles the job itself because oh yeah that was the other thing that we often do and I actually almost forgot it but um you know we we also sometimes think that we just take these two parts of the engine that are rubbing and let them each just be responsible for themselves you know like all right so this one will fix this one on its own independently and we'll fix this one on its own independently and then you know it'll when we bring them back together it'll definitely work I mean that's definitely a first line of defense for sure. You know, you look at the parts. Here they are rubbing. Pull them apart to prevent the rubbing. But for examination, look at each part and see what role it plays. See what's happening with it. Get what's happening with it. Okay, it looks like this gear over here has got like a shaving on the side and it's like got some rust or, you know, something that's creating this rub. Okay. Yeah. And like, oh, look what's happened over here. This one too, you know, and it might even just be on one part or the other that the, the rub is being created, but that's okay because it's still affecting both parts. And yes, when you examine both and see 
what's happening for each, just like you would examine both people in the conflict and really give importance to what's happening for each. But it doesn't have to be a blame, just like you wouldn't blame it, so to speak. Like, blame this one part where the rest is. Like, it doesn't mean it's a bad guy. It just means like, oh, this one's the one that needs care. You know, actually, this one's the one that needs care. It's not the bad guy who's creating all these problems. There's rust growing on it. Like, it actually needs some attention and some care. Okay, let's do it. And it's not that, you know, all right, we'll just pull these two parts together and we'll expect that, you know, gear over there to handle itself and we'll expect this other part over there to handle itself. Uh, you know, it doesn't really work like that. And obviously, because we're also talking about an inanimate object, a car. But what my point is, is that sometimes doing the independent work on this gear and rubbing that rust off will actually solve the entire problem. Other times not, especially if grinding has already happened and now that gear has affected the other part that it was rubbing with and now it needs some care and some repair too. And most likely, either way, even if you do pull them apart and independently kind of handle the rust that was on this one and the, the warping that was on this one due to the rubbing or whatever, then... Um, you still have to put them back together because the repair is not complete until they are able to work together again, right? I mean, until you put them back together and make sure, and okay, you know, um, how do they work together? Did we actually repair it? Did we not just fix the one or repair the one and then repair the other and then just assume that the whole thing is repaired, like what we were looking to repair is the engine and how it works and its flow and whether it gets ignited or fires up and does its thing and rolls smoothly and whether this team is working together as it should as this mechanical wonder. Um, okay, well, that's what we were looking to solve. And so we'd have to put those two parts back together and see how they work as a unit to see if the repair has truly been made. I mean, the real repair must include that. It might include some individual stuff, but it just can't be done 100%, uh, you know, without regard to the unit. So again, we do this in relationships um, where we kind of think like, all right, you go solve your crap, I'll solve my crap, and our relationship will be fixed. Like, eh, I mean, that'll help, you know? But you don't just go into your separate rooms and just kind of handle it, or you don't um, take it on yourself like a burden, like, oh God, it must be my fault, and I'll have to do this, and this is so heavy and cumbersome that it's all on me, and I'm the one to blame, and I'm the bad guy, and I don't want that, so I better shove it off onto the other person, you know? It's a team endeavor. It should always be a team endeavor. It should be repair. Um, that happens not just on one human or the other so that no one has to feel like defective. Um, it's repair that happens in the relationship in the way that these two parts meet and come together and interact together and function together. That's where the repair actually happens. So it's like, yeah, we're both here. This affects us both. Uh, we want to work together. We want this engine to run. We want these parts to kind of fit and feed in with each other without this rub. And so we're both here to repair. The repair happens to the unit <laughs> that is the two parts and how they interact, not to the one or the other. I don't know, just all of those things. All of those things where, to me, the metaphor is so simple when you look at it with a car part. Of course, it doesn't work perfectly. Some might say it's too simplified, I get it, but 
just consider it, you know, because I feel like, um, sure, there's some parts that are oversimplified, but ultimately it could be that simple, or at least you can learn some really amazing insights by just looking at it that simply because yeah, it, it could be <laughs> that simple. Thank you so much for listening. I've always loved playing with ideas and deepening in any way that I can. I find it brings connection back. It enlivens you, especially if you're using real play and games to do it. So come and check out all the games and stuff that we've got going on at bringconnectionback.com.